بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته here we are going to continue to discuss what has been mentioned in this book about the major case that every messenger is sent with the case of monotheism that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one deserves to be worshipped Tonight we have a case we discussed some of it long time ago in this same book the case of Shafa'ah or intercession but we are going to talk about it tonight in, from different angles this case actually or this chapter actually is depending on one story happened in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a Bedouin or a nomadic person came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam claiming that his animals are dying, his children are hungry, no rain and he's asking Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to ask Allah for rain this story is okay up to now if you look at it to come to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to ask him in his life of course to ask Allah for rain is okay in fact there is another hadith which is in Bukhari and Muslim both narrated that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was making his khutbah in Jumu'ah while he was making the khutbah a Bedouin came in and he talked to Rasulullah directly sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said ya Rasulullah we need rain our animals are dying, our children are hungry, we have no rain, we have no grass to graze our animals. Ask Allah for rain. Anas ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, the one who narrated this hadith, he said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam directly raised his hand in the khutbah and he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for rain. And there were no single piece of cloud in the whole sky. Not that can Sahaba see. As soon as Muhammad raised his hand, Allah wa ta'ala sent the clouds gathering on the sky of Medina. And before he finished his khutbah, the water was coming so strong, his beard was leaving the water go down. So it is okay to ask a pious person to make dua if needed. Of course, not always, not frequently, but it is okay. It's one way of tawassul. Using wasila or using means. It's okay in Islam. But this story here differs a little bit. That the man made a mistake. That Bedouin made a mistake. When he said, we ask you, Ya Rasulullah, to be in the middle between us and Allah, that's fine, that's called shafa'ah, wasta, intercession, fine. Because Muhammad sallam is actually there. But the mistake came in when he said, and we ask Allah to be between us and you. Ah, here comes the problem. Muhammad sallam, when he heard this sentence, he started to say, subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. 
So many times the Sahaba themselves were really changed, their faces were changing. Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Yani I deem Allah above all of these. Allah will not be between people and Allah. No way. Allah is higher, higher than that. And that's the case of Subhanallah. Muhammad did not curse this person, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He did not shout to him. He did not say any bad thing to him. But he graced Allah. By Subhanallah, Subhanallah. One case we have to put in mind that we are supposed as Muslims, when we see such any case, any case, we, should, we think that it's not supposed to be. And Allah subhanahu is high above than that, we should always say Subhanallah. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, himself taught us that when we are on our traveling in camels at that time or in cars now, when we go down in lower area, we should say Subhanallah. When we are high in high areas, we should say, we, we should say Allahu Akbar. It's not a must, of course, this is sunnah to be done, and it's good to do, to do. But what is the reason behind that? When we are down, we say Subhanallah, so Allah is high above. Not with us in this low. He's high above subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows of everything and he's with us everywhere. That's by his knowledge, not by himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we should say subhanallah because we are in the lower area and he's high above subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are in the higher areas, we say Allahu Akbar. Because the person who is in, he's in high areas, he thinks that he's high. But Allah is high. Allahu Akbar from everything. So actually... Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in this case, he started to continue saying, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Then he said to the person, or that man, Woe to you. Whom do you think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is? You ask Allah to be between you and me. You ask Allah to, uh, to, to inter- intercede between me and you. Subhanallah. Sayyid. We'll talk about the story more and more, inshallah, and have some more discussion. But let's see now, what is the connection? We have to put this in mind also. What's the connection between this case or this chapter and the book of Tawheed, book of Manifest? Very easy and very clear. Part of Tawheed, one sect of Tawheed, is the Lordship side. Rububiya side. And that side, we have to feel and understand, believe in the oneness of Allah and His deeds. Part of it to be that Allah is the highest, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah will not be put down, a'udhu billah, between, uh, to, be, to, to intercede between humans and humans. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he said, subhanallah, subhanallah, we took from this to say that this is part of tawheed we have to put in mind. Tawheed is a big case actually. As you said, as we said before, in so many times, tawheed is a big case. And the Muslim really must learn it. Because it is the case of Dealing with Allah. Now, we teach our children how to deal with our neighbors, with our elders, and so on, right? We teach uh, ourselves, and we take courses how to deal with customers. We take courses how to deal with, with other countries. I mean, people who work in, in the, the diplomatic uh, jobs, they are given courses to deal with, with the others, how an etiquette and protocol. Okay, fine. No objection. But why don't we teach ourselves and our children how to deal with Allah? Why would we not take care of this point especially? The one who created us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who, who is owning everything. The one who is sustaining everything. The one who can make us happy or unhappy. 
The one who can make us rich or poor. The one who can give us health or... Ah. Why don't we learn Tawheed? Because Tawheed is actually how to deal with Allah. How to live, what to believe in Allah, how to deal with Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. See Muhammad is teaching us now in this hadith how to deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He taught that Arabian, Bedouin, how to deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is not supposed to put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala between human beings, creatures. But Muhammad did not say anything about the first point when he said, we ask you to, to intercede to Allah ta'ala for rain because this is okay. We believe that in tawassul or wasila, it is allowed for a Muslim to use the call of a good person or a pious person. If he is alive or with, with the three conditions. APC. Alive, present, capable. APC. APC. Alive, present, capable. Alive will take out the dead person. Will take out the spacious or يعني, uh, rocks or trees. These are not alive. You cannot ask them. Present will take out the person who is not available. Whether in front of you or through mobile as an example. And capable will take out the persons who are not capable. Yani, as an example of someone say I want, he is, yani, he needs a lot of help to carry something heavy and there is a handicapped person in his chair, wheelchair, say, please help me out. That's not allowed. Why? Because he's, he can't. He's not capable. So APC is three conditions for any help to be asked from any person. Alive, present, capable. Now comes the point in here. Can we ask the pious dead person for help? Why not? These are five persons. They're awliya. Ala anna awliya Allah ila khawfun alayhum ila muhzanun. Easy and simple because they are dead. Somebody will come to you to tell, yes, they are dead, but they are alive. They are alive in their graves. Yes, true. True. Muhammad sallallahu is alive. And he is dead also. Dead and alive at the same time? Yes. He died from our own life here now. But he is alive in his grave, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Each one of these lives, including the Judgment Day lives, has different system and no connection. No connection. If you go to Nassim Cemetery, graveyard, you will see the dead people are dead people. But in this cemetery, there are alive people. All of them are alive. But different lives, of course. Some of them are in ease, some of them are in torture. We do not see them because they have different lives from ours. Don't we believe? That what Muhammad told us in his hadith, clear hadith, that a mu'min, his grave will be white, green, we believe. We have no doubt, because Muhammad said it, and we know that Muhammad does not speak wrong things. وَمَا يَنْطِيقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُوحَىٰ Then we believe that the mu'min, may Allah make all mu'min, in his grave will have clear and green, white area. Say, go to the same graveyard. How is that? Wrong. It's our measurement for our life. But they have different lives there. So in this case now, we cannot ask the dead persons, whoever they are, including Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, although he's alive in his grave, we have no right to ask him for anything. Prove it. Don't just give me judgments like this. I'll prove it. Who knows the 
دينه في الاسلام اخر محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم هو لبس صحابه ابو بكر عمر عثمان علي اغلب صحابه دينه لبس did they go to his grave and ask him never including عمر بن الخطاب once we have a very clear story that he رضي الله عنه once he needed to make استسقاء call for rape why didn't he يا الله ولن يسأل يا الله أو يا رسول الله أسأل الله فرص he did it in fact he said يا الله we used to ask رسول الله to call for rain for us we used to that's this point we used to now we are asking العباس يلعب بالعباس call الله فرص because he is the uncle of محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم عمر is better than العباس of course if you have come to the level عمر is higher rank, higher rank, يعني rank is higher than العباس. We know as أهل السنة والجماعة say محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم then in this أمة أبو بكر then عمر then عثمان then علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه then rest of الصحابة. So عمر رضي الله عنه was a high or in higher rank than العباس رضي الله عنه. But عمر رضي الله عنه was a humble person and he told العباس you are uncle of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم stand up and call us call Allah for us. Why didn't they go to the grave of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم? Ya Rasulullah, call us. Call Allah for us. Of course, Rasulullah is better than Abbas. Why didn't he? Ah, because Umar bin Khattab and the other Sahaba know. They knew clearly that they are not allowed to go and ask Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم after his death. Right. We have an, 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 an evidence used by these people, great worshippers. They say, A clear eye on the holy book of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala walaw annahum idhalamu anfusahum ja'uka fastaghfiru Allah wa astaghfar lahum ar-rasul lawajidu Allah tawwaban rahima how about that anaya anybody can deny this ayah no one it's in the book of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala but those people poor people who do not understand the clear arabic the, the standard arabic they make a mistake because if in here walaw annahum idhalamu anfusahum if here comes For the, for the past, not for the future, not for the present even. And he's talking about certain people, that if these people, when they made their mistake, if they went to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa when he was alive at that time, then Allah will forgive them. But they didn't. So it's here in Arabic means, in that time. Not for the future, not for the present even. So we cannot use this ayah to say, yes, we can go to the grave of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and ask him. Wrong. Go and read any tafsir, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir, and so on. You will find that they have said the same way. So misunderstanding Quran is a problem. If Arabs themselves they misunderstand the, the, the Quran, what about the others? Well, natural, natural. So the case is this, that APC is very important three conditions, put them in mind. Alive, present, capable. If they are there, then you can ask. Can I ask? Sheikh Al-Fiyaz to carry the table with me? Yes, he's alive, he's present, he's capable. No problem. Can I, can I ask this microphone to help me out to carry the table? No, no, no way. Because if I do so, then there is something hunky-bunky in here. Maybe I'm thinking that this microphone is having superpower, unnatural power. Oh, this is a problem. Can I ask the devil jinn? Oh, there's another problem here. And so on. So when we say that, this APC is very important when we talk about talking to the people or for help or for intercession or, or anything like that. Right. Then 
to ask intercession of Allah Taala before His creatures is a, a fault and defect that affects the Lordship side of Tawheed and that is the relationship between this chapter and the Kitab of Tawheed. Say. A Muslim, the true Muslim, always remember that Allah wa Taala is the one, and He is not like anyone. ليس كمثله شيء. ليس كمثله شيء. In His name, in Himself, in His attributes, in everything. ليس كمثله شيء. So dealing with Allah, Tawheed is to teach us how to deal with Allah. Tawheed here to teach us. How to believe in Allah and how to deal with Him. As we said, we teach our children how to deal with people. We are supposed to teach them how to deal with Allah. First of all, how to deal with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As again this one. لا تقدموا بين يد الله ورسوله. An ayah. لا ترفعوا أصواتكم فوق صوت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. Imam Malik, he was teaching in the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when he comes to teach, he teaches his students or people who are listening to him not to raise their voices in the Masjid of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, respecting Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because Allah said in His holy book, "لا ترفعوا أصواتكم فوق صوت النبي." What about us? We are not in the Masjid of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No, whenever there is a hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we have to lower our voice. We have to stop talking. When we hear Quran, we have to listen. وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنْصِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ So when we hear Quran, where we are, we are, we should stop talking. When we hear Hayyuhu Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we should respect Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by lowering our voice or stop talking also. This is the case. That's what Allah told us in His holy book. Now, in this case, Tawheed is teaching us how to deal with Allah Tabaraka Wa Ta'ala, how to deal with Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then comes after that fiqh. How to make wudu? How to make salah? How to make this? All, the, all these ibadat worshiping will come later on. But first of all, is to understand what is the relationship between the Creator, Subhanahu wa Taala, and us. If this is clear to us, then we Allah, we Allah will be in the best life in this dunya. When it's so clear to us that we, يعني, I'm amazed. Allah, I'm so amazed when I see the idols worshippers. How do they deal? With their idols, unbelievable. You know better than me. You have seen more than I have seen. But I saw it once in Thai, and then in Taipei, in Taiwan. The manager of Saudi Airlines in that area took me when I was in Saudi Airlines. He took me to on a tour. One of the things they showed me is one of these their temples. And I saw these people having some candles like this, and bowing in front of their statue. In front of the idol, Subhanallah al-Azim, a rock made by a human being as worship. Then you remember Umar radiAllahu anhu arda. He said, laughing after his, you know, later on when he was good Muslim, he was laughing. He remembered a story saying when we were in Jahiliyyah before Islam, we used to make our gods from dates. And when we are hungry, we eat it. When we get hungry, we eat it. He eats his gut. 
because we know that this is the only date. And we know these are only rocks, or trees, or this, or that. But when it comes to deal with Allah wa ta'ala, the best life, the only who is living always, no start, no end, subhanahu wa ta'ala. How are we going to deal with him? This is a very important case for every Muslim should really think of. We're not dealing with human beings. We can't deal with human beings and we can't trick them. We can play around with them. We can ignore them. I don't have to deal with everybody. Do I have? I don't have. Maybe I was dealing with my family, my neighbors, some other people. Salam, finish. I don't have to deal with everybody. But with Allah, we have to deal with him. And we have to deal with him the correct way. That's where Muhammad Hassan is teaching this better than the other Sahaba also. That you have to be careful. You have to behave yourself when you come to talk or deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when he said, he is asking an intercession of Allah between him and Rasulullah sallallahu Muhammad sallallahu said very deeply, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Why? Because this is bad thing to say. This is not respecting Allah. This is not glorifying Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. What do I get? This is a question always we say it and we know that it is in every human being mind. Well, if I do these things, what do I get? What is in it for me? This is the question. Whenever somebody comes to, do, to persuade you, to urge you to do something, you will have this question. What is in it for me? Fine, yes. It's true. That's human being nature. So what is in this case for me? Oh, big case. Allah promised every slave who be this way, correct way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bath, he will be happy. فَلَنَحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبَةً إيش معنى حياة طيبة? What does it mean? What is meant by حياة طيبة? الله أكبر حياة طيبة means that you are living in this life happily whether you are rich or poor whether you are sick or healthy whether you are worthy or not worthy whether you are having children or you don't have whether you are this or that this is all nothing to the case of Allah is giving you the happiness Take the best person ever walked on earth, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as an example. We mentioned so many times that our mother Aisha, radiallahu anha wa rahi, she said that it is three Christians in two months and no fire were lit in the houses of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nine houses and no fire lit. Yani they are not cooking anything. For two months, complete months, they are not cooking anything. They are eating what is given to them. What, what was they are eating? Dates and water. Imagine, dates and water. Two months. Can we stay two, three, four days without kapsa? I doubt it. So, why is he doing like this? Couldn't he have all like we have now? He could, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was leading the whole Medina and the all areas around. He was like the king. Ruler of all of these areas, every money is coming to him. One, one day that they brought food, which was this much on the masjid, this much. And he made Abu Hurairah to guard it. Why couldn't he take it and eat it? Eat some of it. Because he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is smarter than that. He's not thinking of his stomach. 
He's speaking of his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. How to satisfy Allah. How to please Allah. Because if we do so, his way is the correct way, the best way. Ask any Muslim. Ask any Muslim. Do you think the way of Muhammad is the correct way? Of course. The best way. Like why don't you follow it? Then he stops. Why don't you follow Muhammad Why don't you do the way of Muhammad Why don't you live the way of life of Muhammad We're not telling you don't eat anything except date for the two months. I don't, don't do this. You don't have to do this. We have enough money, alhamdulillah, enough food, alhamdulillah. We're not in trouble in this case. But we say, follow Muhammad in his understanding of this dunya. Before you deal with anything, you need to know what is it. You have to have description of this thing. If I give you a computer, you will ask, well, how, how, how I deal with this? You will show, I will show you that this computer is something you can use in this and this and this. And you can do it this way. Then half you can use it. Now, we have to know, this dunya, what is it? Why are we created? Why are we living in this dunya? To eat, to enjoy, to play? No, 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 wait. Allah already given us the answer. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Only for worshipping. So, the reason for our creation is to worship Allah. We are only created for one reason. is to worship Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Not the worshipping we understand. The Muslims understand that the worshipping is Salah, Salam, Hajj, Zakah. That's all. No. Wrong. Worshipping is a complete way of life. Every action in your life should be worshipping. Eating is a worshipping. Sleeping is a worshipping. Taking your wife to bed is a worshipping. As Muhammad himself said. When we understand this way, then we will obey Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala when he told us, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ but that cannot be done unless Muslims like us, true Muslims like us, will study what is what Allah wanted from us in order to live this life the correct way. Then if we do so, He is the most generous subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will make us happy in this life. Man amila salihan min zakarin aw unta wa huwa mu'min falanuhiyannahu hayatan tayyibah. Allahu Akbar. Hayatan tayyibah means the best life you ever think of. Not the life of Bill Gates. No. Bill Gates is the kafir. Not the life of that rich man or that other man. No. Not the life of Qarun. No. But the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The life of Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The life of the brothers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know the story? You know the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? When he said, I wish I had seen my brothers. The Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, are you your brothers? He said, no, you are my Sahaba. You are my companions. My brothers are people who will not see, who are coming later on after us, and they love us, and they want to be in our way. So let's try to be the brothers of Muhammad Let's try to be in the way of Muhammad Yes, we have to leave a lot of our desires. That's true. That's true. We have to live a lot of our desires. A lot of things we, we like in this dunya, to eat, to enjoy this, enjoy this. Okay. You can enjoy halal things, no problem. But truly, halal things are not much nowadays. Don't tell me that some people are wealthy from halal ways. That's very hard. Very hard. You can see. We used to count this Saudi Arabia is the best country where there's no bribe. No playing around. Now, Allah What can we say? Corruption is everywhere, including this country. 
to gain halal money is very hard. So in this case, to gain 1,000 real a month, halal, clean, better than gaining 20,000 riyals a month, not sure about it. I'm not talking about haram. And see, when they change the names, instead of calling it a bribe, rishwa, they say, no, no, it's a gift, hadiyah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he pointed or he hired one of his sahaba to be a ruler for an area, it's called Al-Ihtal now, but it used to be called Bahrain, but it's not Bahrain this now, Bahrain now, the Bahrain used to be Al-Ihtal, the eastern province of Saudi Arabia. That man, he came later on, and he brought the money that we were paying for zakat to give to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he brought two different monies. Majority of it he gave it to the person that this is the zakah and this is my gift. MashaAllah. So Muhammad Sallam got so angry and he jumped into the member and he made a khutbah. And he said, why didn't he, the member of the said, why didn't he stay in his mother's house and see if the people are going to give him a gift? Ah. Just because I am in this place, this position in this company, gifts will come to me. But if I am in the street, nobody will come and give me a gift. Why? Because in this place, gifts in here will make me give different way to return this gift to the person. And that's a bribe. But this, this is another case to go out. But what I mean is that Tawheed actually is to teach us how to deal with our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, with Allah. When we learn it, when we understand it, we go and practice it. Then we find the best life. طيب. Let's go back to the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he, this man said this, and he, he answered this answer sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that no one deserves to be or to intercede between Allah and his flesh. Nobody. Nobody. Clearly in this hadith he still got sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith, by the way, some ulama said it's a weak hadith. But the meaning of it is true and correct. And it is also said it is Hassan and also Sahih by some other ulama, like Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said it is Mashur, Ibn Hajar rahimahullah said it is Hassan, and Ibn Al-Qayyim said it is Sahih. So some ulama said it is correct hadith or Hassan hadith, and it is then correct, and some of them say it is weak hadith. However, the meaning of it is clear. The meaning of it is very clear and correct. A Muslim should really think of it. Last point I have to discuss tonight actually is the case of Intercession. Although there was a chapter about intercession, and we gave good enough explanation if you want to hear it, if you are interested, it's available in the, in the internet uh, website given by Sheikh Mtiyaz Zalakhir. And let's just give it a quick explanation. Intercession is actually two types accepted and rejected. What's intercession? What's Shafa'ah? You know what we are used in this in our uh, atmosphere or uh, areas we say wasta. You know wasta? I think this is very famous. You know nobody is wasta means you are putting someone between you and the and say the general manager of the company. You want to ask something from him, promotion or something. So you're not going to go directly to him because he doesn't know you or maybe he will not give you. So you go for wasta. Wasta means you find a relative of this general manager or so on. Ask him please intercede. Make wasta for me, this guy, he will promote me. 
that's this explanation of intercession. Of course, the intercession of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم is not this way, but it's the case that it is something, a person to be between Allah and his slaves to help them out, whether to go to Jannah or to be saved from Jahannam or so on, which is for Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم especially and for also for other messengers and also for shuhada, for children who died early, when they were young and so many. But the major intercession or shafa'at for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as he mentioned in the hadith sahih in sahih Bukhari that in judgment day people will go for their for their father Adam alayhi salam to ask him to intercede to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala to start judgment they are five fifty thousand years standing on their own feet with no food and no drink wait a second is this possible? yes it's possible didn't we say just in the beginning that do not compare this dunya life to Barzakh life, the great life, and the judgment day life. Each life has its own system. So we know that upon the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu we have no doubt about it, that we are going to stand 50,000 years under the sun, with one mile only. One mile, we are having the sun now 93 million miles, and we cannot really afford to stand behind it in summer. But in judgment day we can. Why? Because actually it is Allah who has changed things in that day, including our capabilities. So we will see him in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this chance. Nobody can see him. He subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his Quran to Musa alayhi salam, إِنَّكَ لَنْ تَرَانِي You will not see me. Of course in this dunya, but in judgment day, yes. In Jannah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from Ahlul Jannah. We will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How did we? In dunya we cannot but in judgment day he will give us or in Jannah he will give us extra capability in our sight so we can see him subhanahu wa ta'ala so in this case we say do not compare this dunya life to barzakh or grave life to the judgment day life each one has its own system fine now so that day Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will have the great intercession or shafa'a and I mean when I, what I said in that day he will get not now. Who said so? He said so. He told us. He told us that when they go to Adam, Adam will send them to Ibrahim, Ibrahim will send them to Nuh, Nuh will send them to Ibrahim, Ibrahim will send people to Musa, Musa will send to Isa, Isa will send them to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he will go and bow. He will make sujood under the arsh and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah will give him the shafa'a. The great shafa'a. Al-Maqam al-Mahmood. What do we say after Adan? Huh? What do we say after that? We make dua. This dua is to make, to ask Allah to give Muhammad the Sunday Shafa'a. The Al-Maqam al-Mahud. Allahumma Rabba Hadi al-Da'wat al-Tama wa al-Salat al-Qa'ima. Aati Muhammadan wasilata wal-Fadila. Wal-Maqam al-Mahud al-Ladhi wa'attah inna ka la tukhlu bil-Mi'at. Wasila is the level in Jannah. Not the other wasila we're talking about later before. But, and also Al-Maqam al-Mahmud. That's the great Shafa'a. Only for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, good question comes in here. طيب اسم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم deserve the great shafa'a why can't we go now and ask him he's here with us in Saudi Arabia he's in, in, in Medina let's go and ask him no why not because Sahaba did not we are no better than Sahaba they did not if it was correct they should do, have done it they didn't do it so we didn't do it and he said صلى الله عليه وسلم clearly عليكم بسنتي وسنة الخلفاء الراشدين المهدين من بعدي 
So we are following his sunnah, the sunnah of these four Sahaba, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman Ali, radiallahu anhu wa rabah. And these great Sahaba did never gone to his grave and ask him anything. So we know better than them. We don't know anything. They, are, they know better than Allah. Than us. They know better than us a lot. There is no way to compare. So in, if, anybody, if anybody comes to you and say, why didn't you do such and such thing? Any ibadah. Any ibadah. You are told to do it. Make sure it is by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Because this is one of the meanings or part of the meaning of Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah It means, it means that I am going to take Muhammad sallallahu as my leader, true leader, and I will obey him in everything. I will not worship Allah except by his sharia. Ah. Some people will think that, okay, just because I, ha- I am sincere in this ibadah, it will be acceptable. No. It has to be two conditions. Only for Allah, that's sincere. Only the way of Rasulullah. It's not the way of Rasulullah. It's rejected, as he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in hadith of Bukhari. Our mother, Aisha, narrated that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدِّ Whoever innovate anything in this deed, it is rejected. Say, they want to make extra ibadah, no, don't. Don't. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given us enough. Those people who are adding to this deed, they are accusing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he doesn't know. A'udhu billah, this is kuf, major kuf. Or they are accusing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he hid some of the deen and he did not confess. it. And this is another kuf. But then, yeah, subhanallah, this deen is clear and there's a lot of things to be done with this deen in the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why we leave the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and go the way of Naqshabandi, Qadiri, Kishti, Saharawardi, Khardawardi, so on. Ishan. No need, yeah. Take the tariqat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why to take tariqat of Naqshabandi, Qadiri? Why? Take the tariqat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's it. And it is simple. And wallahi, it is a lot easier than this tariqat they make people to do. They tell him to stay in the room. A dark room for 40 days. Say, hey, hey, who, who, very limited. What's the reason behind that? They want to say, if you do this, then Allah will talk to you directly. MashaAllah. They are putting themselves up better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because they receive their knowledge directly from Allah. They don't need Quran or Sunnah. A'udhu billah. This is major kufr. Sure, they are talking to someone, yes. Shaitan is talking to them. What do you expect a person who stays in the dark room with very limited food, with a lot of liquor, very limited sleeping? What will happen to him? Hallucination. So he's easy now to be played with shaitan. Shaitan playing with ease. So he said, I'm your Lord. Do this and do that. Allahu Akbar. Allah talk to me directly. A'udhu Billah. And that happened actually, actually for one of the ulama in, in Iraq long time ago. His name is Jilani uh, or Junaid. I forget one of them. He was walking between Baghdad and some other small town. Of course, there is no, no, no electricity at that time. It's dark is darkness. Then. At night, it's dark, total darkness. So, Shaitan came to him. Strong light came to him and said, Ya Junaid, or Ya Jalani, I am your Lord. You don't have to pray anymore. MashaAllah. No more salah for him because he has reached. You know, some of these Sufis will say, Wa'abud Rabbaka hatta ya'atiyaka al-yaqeen. If you have yaqeen in your heart, no more worshiping. What about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He didn't have yaqeen? Didn't he? Of course. Then why didn't he stop praying? Why didn't he stop worshipping? Because he understood the ayah better or the correct way, not these people. Hatta yaqeen means this. Not yaqeen in the heart. 
يقيل هي رزده رزده هذا بكريت الاندستاني على زواج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم الاندستاني بوصف سواء شو ذا يزيد لتسبيه عند زواج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم including the case of شفاعة doesn't mean that we do not believe in the شفاعة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر الله no we believe أن محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم زوار شفيع إن شاء الله أن هي صلى الله عليه وسلم we will see him in the judgment day making شفاعة for us إن شاء الله تبارك وتعالى because he will make شفاعة the great one the great شفاعة And he will make shafa'a for Ahl al-Jannah to go to Jannah. He will make shafa'a for the people who went to Jahannam, Muslims, to go out from Jahannam to Jannah. He will make shafa'a for Jannah people to go, to be upgraded in Jannah. So many shafa'at of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes. But we cannot ask him now. What are we supposed to do? Not ask at all? No, ask Allah, the one who is owning them all. Allahumma, you ask him, Ya Allah, make Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam my shafi'a. That's a good dua. Next is dua. No problem. But don't say, Ya Rasulullah be my shafi'ah. No. No, this is the incorrect way to say it. But, so times of shafi'ah is accepted and rejected. The accepted one is with three conditions. It has to have three conditions. Is allowed by Allah? If Allah does not allow the shafi'ah, it will not be accepted. Second one is to be, to accept, if Allah has accepted the one who is making the intercede, the shafi'ah. If Allah does not accept him, he's not going to be accepted the Shafi'ah. And also Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will be happy with or be pleased with the person who is the Shafi'ah receiving the Shafi'ah. So three conditions in here. If it's not there, Shafi'ah will not be there. Shafi'ah will not be accepted. Will be rejected Shafi'ah. Okay, let's see. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will make Shafi'ah to Ahl Jannah to get into Jannah. And you know that Jannah will not be opened. The doors of Jannah will not be opened unless Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam knocks the door. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is Shabbat. He will make Shabbat with the people of Jannah to go to Jannah. Now, who is making the Shabbat? Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is accepted by Allah. Allah is accepting the Shabbat? Yes. Allah is accepting the people who are, he is making Shabbat for? Yes. Because they are already going to Jannah. So three conditions there, yallah. Come to Jannah. You can make Qiyat for every other case of Shabbat with these three conditions. Then Shabbat here is very easy and very simple. And we will ask Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala every time we can that to make Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم our shafi' to Jannah. It's not so easy to forget talking about Jannah. Where would people like me and you when they think about Jannah? How much tears they will drop? Unfortunately because of this materialistic life we are living, we are not thinking much about Jannah. We think not much about this dunya. How to gain money, how to enjoy this, how to watch this, how to do this. From the early morning until the next morning, we are always busy with this dunya. With our children, with our family, with our money, with our jobs. Hey, can't we have some time, even a few minutes every day, to think about Jannah? How is Jannah? What is in Jannah? Allahu Akbar. Wallahi, wallahi, if we think about this clearly, if we remember it always, we will not look at dunya at all. Then it will be nothing for us. If you are talking about what you are going to get in Jannah, you will be amazed. Things that nobody can remember or think. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Hadith that Jannah is having things that no one is thinking of. No human being has seen. No human being has seen. No human being has heard about. فيها ما لا عين رأت ولا أذن سمعت ولا خطر على قلب بشر. In Jannah. 
a person will be living forever. Means he is guaranteed to live young and with all of these things that he has gotten. Yes, no sickness, no dying, nobody take it from me. No. This is only one side of the ease, of the naeem. The touchable naeem. What about the inside naeem? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides for Ahl Jannah to go to Jannah, Ahl Nar to go to Ahl Nar, then he will send death as a sheep, in the form of a sheep. Then Ahl Nar will be asked, do you know this? They say, yes, this is the death. This is the death itself, not, not the angel. No, the death itself. Ahl Jannah will be asked, do you know this? They say, yes, this is death. Then it will be suffered. Then no more death. And, يَا أَهْلَ الْجَنَّةِ خُلُودٌ فَلَا مَوْتٌ وَيَا أَهْلَ النَّارِ خُلُودٌ فَلَا مَوْتٌ Now, this is another ease for Ahl Jannah when they guarantee that they will not die. They will live this life, fantastic life. No death, no, no sick, no, no sleeping, no anything. They are enjoying totally 24 hours a day if there is a day. And forever. This is what they call what? Infinity. Can you compare a number to this? How long are you going to live in this dunya? 100 years? 1,000 years like people know through So what? Compare this 1,000 years to the Jannah time. Nothing. Compare it again to Jahannam life. A'udhu Billah. Nothing. Why Jahannam people will ask Malik alayhi salam for this? Ya Malik liyaqdi alayna rabbuk. Treasurer of Jahannam, his name is Malik. The angel. Jannah, Radwan. So the people of Jahannam, na'udhu billah, will ask Malik to ask Allah to destroy them. They don't want to live anymore, khalas. Because they are suffering both physical and mental torture. That's Allah al-Afiyah. So, put in your day, every day, time to read the ayat about Jannah. Time to read the ahadith of Jannah. Your life will be changed. But if we just make it like this, like we're doing now, Allah will be in trouble. We'll be, we'll be crushed by death. We'll say, Oh Allah, please give us a chance. Just one day, one day, I will make more salah. I'll pay zakah. I'll, I'll, I'll pay the money I have taken from people. I'll... Oh, Alhamdulillah, too late. Kalla. <laughs> إنها كلمة هو قائلها ومن ورائهم برزخ لا يوجبعكم خلاص when this comes there is no time no other choice chances no خلاص so why we are waiting why are, why we are waiting until death comes and say ya Allah please give us this why we are in the chance now we are in the choice now we are in the chance let's do it let's be ready so when this comes we are going to be happy for this like Bilal رضي الله عنه وارضاه بلاد المتراباح one of the Sahaba of Muhammad when he was dying, his wife was crying and saying, what a tragedy. Said, Don't say that. What a happy day. He's dying. And he says, what a happy day. Why? Because he's saying also, tomorrow we will see the beloved people, Muhammad and his Sahaba. Tomorrow, he means tomorrow. When he goes to his grave, when he goes to Jannah, he will see Muhammad. He is just leaving this dunya, he is finished. 
he wants to go to the next step and the third step inshallah in Jannah. If Muhammad has already given him the guarantee that he heard his footsteps in Jannah. Allahu Akbar. What about us? Let's try. At least we're not going to lose anything. If we try, we won't lose anything. Maybe some small uh, desires we are leaving, but what we are going to gain? Allahu Akbar. Something so great that cannot be compared. I hope that what we have said tonight is really going to be in our mizan of hasanat. When we come to the judgment day, what we have said, what we have heard, is going to be in our right side of mizan. So it will be heavier. فَمَنْ تَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةَ الرَّابِيَةِ Before we take questions, I have one remark to say or notice. The next three weeks, I have to stop the dars because... As you can see, there's exams for the first uh, semester here in Saudi Arabia. I have to be around my children also. Plus, one week going to be uh, between terms vacation. So these are three weeks. Then after that, inshallah, we'll continue to have this test. Sheikh Mtiaz will send you also, inshallah, email to remind you of this test, inshallah ta'ala. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Yes, for the You want to answer from me or of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in the hadith that if Ibn Adam dies, all of his good deeds and bad deeds are stopped except. Ah, so there's exception. Sadaqatun jariah. He made some money like he helped to, to build a masjid. This masjid is used by Muslims to pray. So he's, he is having good deeds continuously in his grace. A good son who is making dua for him. So this son, maybe his sons of sons and sons, he will make dua for him, then he is receiving more good deeds. Good knowledge, you teach people some good of this deen, whether by books, whether by microphone, whether by internet, by anything. When they learn from you, every time they are doing this, you are gaining touch. And I always give this example, I like it really. Somebody told me, I forget who told me this story, but he said, there was a guy, he used to go to these uh, towns, some Muslim towns where people are very ignored. He goes there and he teaches them only Al-Fatiha. Every weekend or every other weekend, he goes to these areas and he teaches them Al-Fatiha. When he goes to this town or this masjid in this town, he goes to another town. Somebody told him, why, why are you doing this? He said, how many times this person will recite Al-Fatiha daily? 17 times at least, minimum. So, now, this guy taught 10 people in here, 10 people in here, and he died. 20 people, and they reciting Al-Fatiha 17 times, so that means how many? 3, 3, 400 daily. 3, 400 Fatiha daily. How many ajr he's gaining? Allahu Akbar. It's only Al-Fatiha. People say, yes, Al-Fatiha, easy, easy. Okay, it's easy. Go and, and teach it. He's only sparing some of his, his, his days off or his weekends for this deed. So what about if he's doing this more and more? Then more ajr to come to his grave. That reminds me of a good question. I've been asking the same message a long time ago. A guy asked me when we were talking about the grave torture and ease. He said, we believe that they will be in judgment day, they will be scaling of good deeds and bad deeds, right? Why to do this in the grave? So we are having two times. 
very simple and very easy. As we mentioned in here, this is the first test, our first scaling. When he comes to the grave, this is the first scaling. But he's not finished yet. There are some more good deeds to come or some bad deeds to come. A person who has made bad things, he directed people to worship the graves, or he did this or did that, bad things, you know. He died, but his bad deeds are not dead yet. They are continuous. People are still listening to his music and his songs. People are still doing this, doing that, and he is receiving in his grave the bad deeds, more bad deeds. So he needs another judgment, which is the judgment day. So yes. Those good people you are talking about, your parents, your father, your mother, your close friends, your good sheikh. The best thing you do to them is dua. Dua. Dua is the best thing to do to everyone. So many of our sheikhs, we have been asked, you know, can't we make sadaqah for them? Yes, you can go. Make sadaqah, you can do this, you can... But the best thing to do is dua. Because this is said by Muhammad sallallahu If you make dua for this person, your dua will be acceptable, inshallah, upon this hadith. Some Muslims, they say, why don't we make this or that? I have to warn Muslims, actually, from some novelties that have been done, some innovations. They say, okay, since we can't give him some good deeds, why don't we make, after 40 days, we'll make a celebration, bring people to recite Quran. When he dies, we'll go to his grave and recite Quran. When he dies, ah, no, no, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm sure they are sincere. So the, in the first condition, is okay. Only for Allah. I'm sure about that. But is it the way of Rasulullah? Is this the way of Rasulullah? No. Then stop it. This is not going to reach him in his grave. It's only paying money, and this is also novelty, making Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa angry to us when we make these novelties, because he told us not to do so. So, when we want to benefit these people, let's benefit them the way of Rasulullah. And he told us to make dua for them. Let's do it. Do we do that? Well, how much will it cost us? If you make dua for your real parents every salah, how much will it cost you? After Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, you finish this one and you make this dua, then you say, make dua, Allahumma ghafir wa'adai warhamhuma. Kamar bani sallam. Allahumma ghafir lahum warhamhuma. Just one dua, khalas. Jazakallah khayr. Every salah you're doing this five times a day minimum, then how many years? You're making so many times a day dua for your parents or for good people, and then all your life. And you are getting natural also. Do you think you are out of it? No, you are getting natural also. Your dua will also be for you because there's an angel saying, Wala ka bimithil, and you too. So, what, what's the problem here? When Nuh alayhi salam said, Rabbi ghfir li, wali walidayya, wali man dakhala baytiya mu'minan, wali mu'minina wal mu'minat. Every mu'min who is making dua for him. And Nuh alayhi salam made dua for us. Can't we do this? Make dua for us, Every mu'min. Allahumma rahman al-Muslimi, Allahumma rahman al-Mu'mini. That means every mu'min is going. One of your, that one you are getting also the same way. If we have a question here. Sure. Uh, about the transaction. Mm. Uh, brother is asking that a friend of mine owns a trading business and if I tell him that I will bring the customers to him but on a condition that my friend will give me some commission. Is this earning halal or from uh, this earning can you give for the Okay. <coughs> this business belongs to him. If the person is working in the business, he is owning this business. This guy is bringing customers without tricking them. That's fine. 
But it seems to me that most of these cases will be a person who is working for a company and he is paying some money to be able to bring him customers for his own, then there is a problem in here. Take the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ta'ma yuribuk ila ma la yuribuk. Whatever something you are suspicious about, leave it. And come to things we are sure about. So if you feel that this is something, because then I say, وَإِنَ أَفْتَاكَ النَّاسِ وَأَفْتَوْكَ وَإِنَ أَفْتَاكَ الْبِرُّ مَطْمَنَّةِ إِلَيْهِ النَّفْسِ وَلَئِذْهُ وَاحَكَ فِي الصَّدْرِ وَإِنَ أَفْتَاكَ النَّاسِ وَأَفْتَوْكَ Even if people give you fatwa, you know that you are not doing correct. So be careful. So in such a case, I cannot really give a general answer, because I don't know what kind of business he's doing, is he doing it for himself or not. But what I say is that if he's doing this business for himself and he's, and he's giving some commission to be able to bring customers without taking it, then fine. Yani, an example, a person who's having baqala, and he tells some people, okay, go and pass, yani, uh, commercial papers to show them that my baqala is having these things. No tricking in here, alhamdulillah, go ahead, no problem. But if there is some hunky-bunky ways, then this is a problem. What's that? It's my manager is Yeah. Like I'm doing a Okay? After doing my results, my manager is asking something from me. Like basically he's ignored them. Is it possible to give me or not? Okay, your question is not so clear. Your manager is asking you yes. to do things. So like if I'm doing sales. Uh-huh. Okay? After that, I will get some commission. Okay. In that commission, he is asking something from me. Ah. So you want to share your commission? Why are you why are you getting commission? Is this commission is by the rules of the company? Question here. Question here. The, the company who hired you now, they hired you with a salary plus the commission. So they agreed already in this. Fine. Then your manager says, "Give me part of your commission." Does he have the right? Is it the rule of the company? He doesn't have the right. He doesn't have the right. He's taking this haram for sure. You're giving if you're giving this because you're afraid he may hurt you, he may give you trouble. You're just defending yourself. But try to explain to him if he doesn't have this. He is taking haram. He's hurting himself. First. Salam. Uh, not exactly. Let's go ahead. Okay, doing good deeds for the dead person, asking the truth, not agreed upon. Yes, Amrah, no, Hajj is another case. Amrah and Hajj, they have uh, two types. A must one, an extra one. As an example, if your father died before he could have uh, done his Hajj and Amrah. If you do it for him, Jazakallah Khair. If you hire someone to do it for him, also Jazakallah Khair. But if he is alive or he is dead, but you are going to do extra umrah, extra hajj for him, this is not agreed upon ulama, that is okay. No, it's not agreed. Some ulama said yes, some ulama said no. But as I told the brother here, the best thing to do to these people is to make dua for them. Dua is fantastic. Dua is the best. We are not really, we are not really looking to dua 
as يعني very important thing because it's cheap to us. I tell you the truth. يعني people they say you don't give sadaqah for your parents. يا أخي إيش هذا؟ You are greedy. You are confused. You don't give sadaqah. Give sadaqah. Give عمره. طيب يا أخي ما يمكن تبيته. ما يمكن دعاء. أنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم تولى في الحديث الدعاء هو العبادة. الله سبحانه وتعالى يدعو هولي بوك. وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لك. So call Allah for this. This is the best thing. If you make it عمره. I take it the, 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 uh, the, the point of view of some ulama who says yes you can do umrah for the people, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. This is called to use the high rank of. Let's say Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself. Because this is more than Khalifa, Umar al-Khattab, or others, they are not very limited use. Most Muslims are using the high rank of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as a wasila, a means to get their dua accepted. This is not, huh? This is not actually accepted. Why? Because imagine this brother is very rich. I will come to this brother and say, please give me 1,000 riyal because he is rich. What is the connection here? He will tell me, go to him, yeah. Right? This guy is not the rich, the guy is this one. No, no. Because he is rich, give me. What's the, there is no connection. So the high rank of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all the Sahaba is for them, not for us. Okay? So, also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he told us in his ayah, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ يُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ He did not say, call me through. Or call me by. Okay. Call Allah directly. So, this high rank of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or Anbiya and Rusul or Sahaba is their high rank, like ours. We call it in Arabic Jah. Some are they Bijahi Muhammad. So, we cannot do it this way. Say, give me a proof. Somebody will say, give me a proof. You say that's not allowed, give me a proof. Please. Did Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, any other Sahaba said, Ya Allah, because of Muhammad, give me this? Where's the proof? Nobody. Nobody can say that Abu Bakr, or Umar, or Uthman, or Ali, or any of the Sahaba said that, Ya Allah, because of Muhammad, give me this. Maybe it's mixed up with the case of, we are the nation of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah loves Muhammad, so we are, ah, yes, we are the nation of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah loves Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but there is no connection in here. We cannot ask Allah by such and such person or by the high rank of this person. We ask Allah directly. So I think we have taken more than half your time. Jazakumullah khair for listening and we'll see you inshallah after three weeks. Shaykh Mtiaz will send you inshallah a reminder. Inshallah of that. Jazakumullah khair for listening. Assalamu alaikum.